0: This aberration, whose only means of expression are wanton
1: violence and destruction. I'm hoping
2: to prove that within every normal system, there exists an aberration. Something different weird aberration society welcome back to mutual aberration society uh i'm ryan jackson uh as usual uh and today uh i have on a guest to talk about a film made by a degenerate no <laughs> uh this is a, a film called the candy snatchers um from i believe 1973 and my guest is uh, Brian, or maybe some people know him as Murder Brian from Street Fight. Now, Brian, um, I allow my guests to do their own kind of intro every time they come on. So uh, the mic is yours. Uh, tell the people who don't know um, who you are.
3: I am Brian. I'm Brian on Twitter. I goof around uh, online for a living and uh i also have a podcast two podcasts one called street fight radio you search at street fight radio i think i'm taking radio off of it and because uh, it's not on a radio mm-hmm. anymore and uh you know i do a uh, uh, lot of very popular mini series podcasts and uh like shocktober heat o'brien unleashed uh it's just uh I got one coming up about Dane Cook. Uh, I just do these like deep dives and uh, you know, that's pretty much it. I do a podcast called the Podcast cast. about new metal. So yeah. if you're yeah. into that stuff, P O D K A S T. that's basically me. Yeah,
2: you do. A, you definitely do a, a, a shit load of podcasts. <laughs> uh, I, I do notice that. Um, I've been listening to street fight for, for a while. Um, And it's sort of kind of weird because, um, there are times in my life and you probably know this about, you know, from, we've probably heard this from other listeners. There are times in my life where I've listened to street fight and like the things that you guys talked about were directly sort of like the things that I was sort of dealing with in terms of, because your podcast was about work, you know what I'm saying? In a lot of ways, right? It was about work and me being, um, this, in this weird position of, of being a, a writer, um, I've had an interesting history with work, you know, um, where, you know, I would get paid to 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 write some something and then, like, it's a very freelance nature kind of thing. Um, and it's like, oh, well, I'm going to run out of money. Uh, so now I got to work again. So what do I do in between um, the next writing thing? Unless, unless I get a full time gig and I've worked every kind of job known to man, which, again, this is kind of why Street Fighters always kind of spoke to me, literally. Uh, because you guys talked about all that shit. I've done all the weird gig economy shit. I've done every kind of goofy job you can think of in my life. Right. Uh, me, I, too. me <laughs> yeah, too. man. I, I know. <laughs> so it's just a very, it's always been a podcast that I felt is, uh, very, uh, close to sort of my own, um, uh, heart. <laughs> um, and it's, it's interesting that you're based in Columbus and, uh, me being based in Cincinnati, um, That's an interesting aspect to it as well for me, because I did I did live in Los Angeles for a little while, um, and then I ended up moving back. uh, But my girlfriend lives in Columbus and I'm in Columbus a lot. um, And there's just a lot of overlap for me uh, when it comes to street fight in general. Um, But enough. But enough about that. (laughs) Uh, uh, I I brought you on uh, to talk about um, a little talk in general, but also. Uh, one of the key things I like to do is to talk about uh, film or or any sort of art in general that I feel is uh, different or outside the typical sort of things that get um, discussed on podcast in general. So before uh, you watched The Candy Snatchers. We'll take it
0: it started as a simple crime the candy snatchers for them it was a new beginning for her it was the beginning of the end (laughs) three losers who wanted to lead the good life the candy snatchers they would do anything to get there
1: please don't put me back
0: candy snatchers they were rough on candy they were rougher on themselves get out of my way get out of my way get out of my way (laughs) no Snatchers. They were after a fortune in diamonds. We cut off her ear. And they sent her father a piece of candy in a box. Oh my God, no! The candy snatchers. They did things they couldn't even believe themselves. That is sick. That is really sick. She is old enough to be your mother.
1: Do you know what these are? 14
0: The Candy Snatchers bizarre incredible almost unbelievable Ah the Candy Snatchers this is the one they're talking about
2: Um had were you familiar with the Candy Snatchers at all had you have you ever heard of this movie i know i you
3: know i went through a phase in like i don't know uh 10 15 years ago where i watched like all the uh classic 70s and 80s and 90s movie canon the the fucking godfather and indiana jones and stuff like that but i've never i think i've probably seen like the closest I get to watching these exploitation movies is probably Quentin Tarantino. Movies. Yeah. I, I haven't seen very many of them at all. Like mm-hmm. as growing up. I saw a uh, toxic Avenger and I was kind of like, "That's <laughs> eh, not bad or whatever, but I don't need to see it. But no, I, I don't usually watch this kind of stuff. This was very different from what I generally watch, but also I've been watching a lot more ho- horror movies lately, like, and, and the ones that I like, are the ones that kind of look like this and feel like this, kind of like, uh, um, I don't know, like like X was something I really liked that was mm-hmm. that kind of had this vibe to it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I haven't seen, I have never seen m- many of these exploitation <laughs> plays.
2: Okay, so uh, I will do what I usually do, uh, and that is go ahead and read the letterbox synopsis uh, for this movie. So people kind of who haven't seen the Candy Snatchers, uh, which I highly recommend you do if you have it, um, to give them a sense of what this is about. So it started as a simple crime for 16 year old candy. Dying would have been easier was a piece of candy worth a fortune in diamonds. An abused autistic boy is the sole witness to the kidnapping of a teenage heiress. OK, for letterbox standards. That's not that's not a bad. That's not a bad uh, summary. Uh, of the movie because uh, they're kind of hit and miss, um, but yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Candy Snatchers is about a girl literally named Candy who gets kidnapped uh, by three uh, criminals, if you want to call them that. I would say they're they're shitty criminals, <laughs> uh, uh, but but they do kidnap her uh, because the whole goal is that her father. Uh, runs this jewelry store with all of these expensive uh, diamond diamond necklaces and whatnot, and their plan is to kidnap her and hold her hostage and and, and get him to basically make an exchange for the girl. Uh, but everything from the point of kidnapping, the kidnapping is successful, right? But everything after the kidnapping, things just start to unravel. Right. <laughs> um and it's very interesting because it's one of those movies where uh, I believe there is no likable characters except for probably the mute kid. Um, the mute kid is the uh, one <laughs> likable character in this movie, and I and that's something that I do love. Uh, that's something that I do love about like you were saying, like these exploitation films, specifically exploitation films of this era, right? Is like they don't have, and I speak th- I speak at this from like a screenwriting standpoint because as a screenwriter, as someone who who, who works on stuff. And every time I'm in LA or every time I'm working on some things and I have to interact with sort of uh, just people in the industry, whether it's like creative execs or producers or even actors, like um, there's a lot of like jargon that gets thrown around in a very sort of like one size fits all way. One of some of the things that they like to like bring up when they talk about when they talk to like a writer specifically about making a movie are sort of like they want to bring up the joseph campbells the you know the hero with a thousand faces or save the cat or sid Field's story these are like books that are written by essentially gurus right and the gurus sort of have this boilerplate thing of like how a movie should be you know what i'm saying based on sort of like you know very you know character should this should happen in the first act this should happen in the second this should happen in the third you know and you track the hero's journey and they're they're really obsessed with this these ideas and that's why if you when you watch a lot of movies now that are made now they follow a very similar formula right and what i like about movies like this was this was before that became so prevalent right like exploitation Mm -hmm. films are one they're already being made on the margins right but but out even even beyond that like this was the right before the blockbuster era hit this was before jaws became like a big thing in star wars right this was around that time so so you didn't have a lot of uh adherence to the formula and one of the biggest things was this idea of likability like and i've always been of the thinking because i've watched movies i read i don't need likable characters necessarily i just need compelling ones right like and i feel like regardless of whether you like any of these people like they are compelling based on the scenario and the situations presented to you as a viewer uh would you say that you were you had an issue with like any of these people in terms of like your ability to watch it because they're fucking like unlikable
3: (laughs) no i don't mind unlikable people i i sometimes feel like i'm an unlikable person so (laughs) none of that stuff bugs me um Mm. you know i don't i don't really know that I I think that I think that like uh uh these the people in this movie that had had there was people that had like a semi like ability I mean there's the big guy who you almost kind of like until he rapes somebody and you're like oh okay well. <laughs> yeah 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 it
2: does then do they that they try it to d-
3: redeem him uh yeah yeah it does do that know, too I I think that the this movie is about is about like adult like like in the 70s especially at this time like Mm -hmm. the the adult relationship with children Mm -hmm. and and how they don't i mean a lot of times they don't even give a shit about them most of the time, and yeah. and they don't listen to them. And it was way worse back then. I mean, you know, they talk about parents now as being soft and mm. you know uh, uh too understanding with the kids. But this movie seems like a, a time capsule of the seventies, and I, I mean, how they treated kids when I was a kid in the nineties, yeah, and yeah. how yeah. they treated kids in the two thousands. I I mean, that's the thing I liked about it. I liked that like. Yeah, you know, this little kid's trying to save he's trying to save this girl that he sees in peril, but he can't talk. And yeah. everybody's just kind of either screaming at him or goofing on him. Yeah. And uh yeah. you know, so he has to take it into his own hands. The little girl, uh the little girl is trying to get out and like her dad just doesn't care. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's like uh and he's able to go home and tell his wife, like, ah, she's gonna she's staying at night somewhere. She's, she just stopped in and stuff like that. And the wife was just like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. So like, or not whatever. I don't care. She seems to really care, but she also is like, I'd rather be doing my thing. So mm-hmm. the movie seems like a comment on that sort of, uh, uh, how you treat children, how we treat children. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's what it seemed like to me.
2: I feel like that's a very, uh, on point sort of, uh, view of this movie because you're right this is before the age of the helicopter parent right like uh I feel like we're of a certain age me and you aren't that far apart in age and and I feel like um we raise our children far differently now you know what I mean like because I remember being alone <laughs> like as a kid you know what I mean uh 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 in a way that like even now it's not even acceptable. Like, like I remember walking to school when I was in kindergarten and I think like you can get thrown in jail now <laughs> if you let a certain kids of a certain age walk to school, you know what I mean? Like without a mm-hmm. uh, kind of adult supervision or, or well, you know um, what I mean? Adults generally like really try
3: mm-hmm. to, I mean, you're just uh, as a parent, like now you're just trying to like kind of be there mm-hmm. for, for the kid 24 hours a day, which I don't know i i guess it doesn't seem it doesn't seem bad now Mm -hmm. but you know i let my kid walk to school in like second grade or something like that it Mm -hmm. was uh you know people aren't as 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 what's the word uh people aren't as strict on their kids as they used to be and they listen to them and Mm -hmm. and they're they're kind they they uh like, this movie wouldn't make sense now,
2: I yeah. guess, as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah de- it's definitely one of those movies where, like, I'd be interested uh, on a younger... Like, I would be interested in my daughter's perspective of this. Uh, you know, she she's of legal adult age now. Um, <laughs> and, like, uh, I would be interested in her sort of perspective, just just in sort of, like, how different of a time. Uh, just the way, like you said, the interactions between the parents or the adults, specifically, uh with the young kids in this movie um because you're right like and you know what else is really funny about this movie there's a lot of things that are funny about this movie let's not as much as like fucked up like shit happens in this movie like you said like from like rape to like just people just having like no concern for the lives of others just uh, only their own sort of selfish you know uh (laughs) agendas that they have like um is the mute kid right the way the mute kid is treated uh, not only by his parents, by by, 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 by just the pe- the world in general. It's not, um, it's actually uh, uh, in an age where we like to talk about things like uh, people who are ableist, right? Uh, it's really a stark contrast to sort of um, now because it's like they treat this kid as if whatever disabilities he does have they treat him fairly, like okay, like you get the sense, like like this kid would be treated this way regardless, <laughs> you know, because he's a kid. Like you know what I'm saying? They're like they don't care that he's mute, they don't care that he's uh, uh uh you know unable to sort of like uh literally articulate himself whatsoever. They they still hold him like to the same sort of standard that they would any child that they view that they view are being like bothersome or like not listening, right? Like I. I the I feel father like it father loses a
3: promotion because his kid is autistic in this movie. Right. I believe that's that's what they mm-hmm. were they were getting at, and we're, like uh, uh, that makes them. I I don't know that that sort of felt like uh, uh, somebody talking about like uh, how you have to put things aside for your children, mm-hmm. and uh, that I don't know. It, it was there was something about. Like that kind of stuff, where it was like the mom hated the kid, the dad thought the kid was ruining his life,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: uh, the kid just couldn't talk. It was just an autistic kid. That's all it was. It wasn't right. like he was a bad kid or anything like that. Right. was trying to do the right thing through the whole movie.
2: Right. He's the he's the he's the actual hero of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's the one that like the whole thing is like he's trying to find a way to help this girl uh, who they've kidnapped. And but like you said, that adults are of zero help. Uh, even even uh, Candy's stepfather, like the big wrinkle, one of the big wrinkles in the story is like once the first they try to uh, ransom her off. And they're like, yo, basically they set up a whole drop-off, right? Oh, like she's got to be here at this car. Drop her off or we're going to kill her. And then, like, as they're waiting, he never shows up. And they're like, what the fuck? Like, and and the three criminals, uh, the brother and sister, and then the big, I like to call him, like, I don't know, uh, Eddie, who's like sort of, how can I describe Eddie? (laughs) Eddie's like uh, fucking, um, he's like a very, like, i don't know he's like joe Sixpack. he's like a fucking uh he's he, he reminds me of like uh jim belushi or like uh in when he used to do like the bears skit on fucking saturday night live <laughs> the bears yeah. are like he's kind of that guy right he's like the fucking yeah. uh so he's this big galoot kind of guy who has a crush on uh the the, the sister sister character um and they're all in this like they all, they had they hatched this plan which is just doomed from the beginning because you kind of realize that like these people don't have the facility to pull off something like this but also sort of like they just pick the wrong people so so when when are the wrong guy specifically so when he doesn't give them the ransom money and they have to find a new uh, way of like getting the money they're like well maybe first they start to question well maybe he maybe something happened why didn't he do it and uh, their plan is, well, why don't we cut her ear off? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, like that's one of the things. Like we'll cut her ear off and we we'll, like send it to him. And you're like, oh shit, are they gonna cut her literal ear off, right? And and they even like they they have a, a a moment where they show her with the girl. They show them with the girl. They have a switchblade held to her ear and she's screaming. And then you see that they're recording the scream because they're gonna send. I guess they're gonna send an audio recording to the father, right, to show that they're not playing. But also they're gonna cut the ear off. But they actually end up not cutting the ear off. They 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 sort of uh, play with the play with the viewers there for a second, but then you realize they're not. And there's this interesting scene where they go to uh, uh, a morgue, right? And this is another thing I like about this. And I don't know if you if you would agree with me or not, Brian, on this. But like, it seems like every character that they cast in this movie is just interesting,
3: right? Well, this like, would be a, a universe now. They would have yeah. to explain why the guy at the like they would do a movie about the guy at the hospital that sells body parts <laughs> instead of it just being there's a guy at the hospital right, that sells body parts
2: right right in the marvel the Marvelification of 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 film everything is about like making this expanded universe and like you're right We're explaining everything everything
3: explain thing. every little thing and it's yeah. like Ju- it was just a guy that sells body parts at the morgue for Yeah and it's this black dude anywhere between 10 and 50.
2: Yeah, that guy's very interesting. Like he's this black dude and then he's like when they meet him he's like singing like this little song like no way no no no
1: no 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 way baby Ain't no way baby Okay 35. I can not see. It. I knew it's got to be worth more more than a What's a little finger, baby? 40. Can't see you, Jesse. Jesse, you jiving. You got to be driving oh, me. Chaddy,
0: come I can't, on. I can't do it. 50. Yeah,
2: OK. How much will you want for an ear? They're they're bargaining with him, and, and he's just like, they settle on like $50, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and so he walks them through all these bodies until they find like, and he's like, first he pulls off a man, and they're like, no, it needs to be a woman. And then he pulls up up the sheet of like an older woman, and they're like, it has to be younger. And he's like, an ear's an ear, and he's like, not for fifty dollars, it's not right. <laughs> so so they find this woman who's like, you know, I guess it works. So he so they slice this 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 random dead woman's ear off and bring it back so that they could give the ear to the stepfather, which they don't know is a stepfather yet, right? Um. And then they, they this and then there cuts to this other scene. Right. And this is one, another another there's just so many little good touches in this movie. And you're and like to speak to what you were saying, which is this idea that like uh, uh, it, it, in a movie now, like these little like characters, these little side digressions that the story takes would have to be overly explained. Well, they need to sort of go back to the jewelry store and they decide, oh, he's going to pose as like a telephone guy. So it comes to the scene where they there's this guy who's, like, working in this house on telephone lines, right? And he's got a shirt that says Coors uh, Breakfast of Champions across it. Um, And he's, like, this big, like, like, a very working class dude, right? Uh, A working class hero. Uh, And, like, uh, (laughs) they come up to him and Eddie decides to, like, you know, Club him because they because basically what we discover is they need his truck and they need his I don't know why they need his outfit he literally puts on his shirt too which says course Breakfast of Champions he didn't need to do that <laughs> like, uh, he could have just took his tool tool belt but whatever um, so they try to like basically uh, assault this 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 telephone worker guy and he like proceeds to like beat them up because he's bi- he's actually bigger and he's not a small guy but he's actually bigger than him uh, so he's like beating him up then the brother jumps in and he beats him up. And then the the sister has to, like, grab a two-by-four and club him over the head uh, in order for them to win. Uh,
3: the worst shot. I mean, they, <laughs> the, the clubbing wasn't really much of a clubbing. They really yeah. hit the guy. Yeah. And uh, not hard. Like, they just mm-hmm. conk, 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 yeah. conk, like, four times. And you're like, <laughs> they should have taught him how to, as they say in pro wrestling, they should have taught him how to work that so mm-hmm. that it looked real but they yeah didn't. yeah it didn't look
2: real it felt like a looney tunes like a moment of like <laughs> it was like uh this movie turned into a cartoon it does that a few times though this movie kind of turns into like a so silly like and that's another interesting thing that you don't see either uh with movies today which is like this weird sort of uh weaving in and out of like being like deadly serious and you're seeing some fucked up shit to something that's like completely hilarious and you can't even take it seriously <laughs> Uh, uh, this this movie manages to to do that multiple times um, throughout, and never sort of for me at least. I don't know, maybe maybe for you it did, but it doesn't never really breaks the spell of the movie for me. Did that, did any of that like silly silly shit break it for you like overall?
3: Nah, mm. that stuff doesn't bother me. I mm. you know the the bright red blood is f- mm. funny to me, and I the 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 fucking two by four. It should be online as like a gif. It is so (laughs) it is so funny. It is really one of those things where it's like all they had to do was and you know, it's a cheap movie, so they can't get a stunt coordinator in there to show them how to do fake two by four hits. And so they just do it for real, but you can't hurt the guy. So, you know, they you have to do it sort of light. And like when you watch a movie, and when you watch any movie with like a two by four hit, they're able to add a sound effect uh, of yeah. fully artists. And you don't have to hit them. And the sound effect makes you think they really hit them. Yeah. But in this movie, they were just like, well, we're not going to do the sound effect. Um, so we have to hit them. And it just it sounds so that was one of the more interesting parts or or I guess funny parts of the movie. in that like it was very funny to me that they decided to go for realism with that two by four shot. And it makes you think in your mind, like, that's so fake, it's so stupid. Because, <laughs> you know, even in wrestling, they, they stomp their foot when they hit somebody with a, with something. So like, they're not really hitting the person hard, but right. the sound of the foot stomping is like, makes you think, oh, they really fucked that person up. You know, so I don't know that that was very funny. Um, and yeah, there was like a whole little universe here that I that I was interested in. And if I could see now, it would be like a John Wick sort of universe <laughs> where it's just like they do a kidnapping there's weird stuff people say weird things i didn't get any of the lines written down but there's some lines in this movie that are fucking weird as hell <laughs> and um yeah yeah there's even a part at the beginning that i still can't figure out that this little girl is picked up from school by this like older man and then he just drops her off, off so she can get kidnapped and i'm like what was that part like what was the older man doing? Like he was just like, hey, I'm gonna pick
2: you up and drop you off not close to your home at all. Right. And here you know, I thought that same thing. And 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 my only like logic or like reasoning uh that I could come up with for, for that is just like one convenience <laughs> for sure. But uh two, I'm thinking like, well, maybe the justification for them was uh, you know, this was in the era when hit checking was still a thing, right? And like she just uh-huh. she hitched a ride and then like she got partially the way there and the guy was like, You want to go back to my house? And she's like, No. And she's like, You could just drop me off here. And he's like, okay. She's not that because even in the van, they're like, she's not that kind of girl, right? You know? Uh they were mm-hmm. like, Was he gonna go to their house? So maybe that's what maybe that's probably why they even uh had that moment where where the where they're following him in the van and they're like, What if she goes to his house? And he's like, and, and then I think Eddie's like, She's not that kind of girl. And then immediately after she hops out. So like that, that's, that's, the that's the way I sort of justify it. Maybe in my mind, like where it's just like, Oh, she hopped out at that point, but she was still needed to make it to her house. So then they come right up and she goes up to the van and that's when they snatch her. But you're right though. There's, there's a lot of weird moments, weird lines. um Just things that are, are very strange. <laughs> uh, uh, now when, when, um what did you think about the moment when he actually, after they, they, hit the guy with the two by four. And then Eddie shows up at the jewelry uh, store or um, establishment, and posing as a guy needing to fix the phone lines. And then when he sees the manager, uh, and he says, this is about your daughter, and he takes him in the back office, and they have that interaction where he reveals to him, like, you picked the wrong guy. You really didn't do your homework, did you?
0: Because if you had, you would have discovered that Candy is my stepdaughter and that she once upon a time had a very rich father. And if she reaches the age of 21, she will inherit roughly $2 million. And if she doesn't, half of that money is mine, which is why I married her mother in the first place. Oh, I've been waiting for you something for almost 10 years.
2: <sighs> Thank you. Like, I don't give a fuck about my daughter. That's my stepdaughter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I want her to die. Cause then that, you know, she's an heiress of 2 million. And then if she dies, I get half of that. Uh, what did you think about that moment? Cause that moment to me was like, is, is one of the moments in this movie. That's like fucking like, it's one of the crucial like inflection points. Yeah, I mean they mm. I, they
3: they telegraph it a bit. Yeah, uh, because of like if I'm writing this movie mm. and I've never written a movie, I, I don't I wouldn't know how to do. I've written a TV show, but I've never mm. written a movie, and I wouldn't know how to do it. But I would have maybe held held back on him lying to the the wife about. The daughter being gone until you find out he's kind of because they telegraphed it, right?
2: Uh,
3: to me, I was like, This guy, no, no, it's, t- it's to definitely, you know, this
2: guy, yeah, you know, this where this guy it's going. is gonna kill her, yeah, it's not yeah, a yeah. surprise, yeah. And I don't again, think, I don't I, and I don't think that's intentional, like, I mean, in terms of like, I do think it's intentional, I think it's they intentionally, uh, telegraphed it, I don't because I don't think it's about the surprise more as 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 more so at as illuminating to the the criminals themselves like we as the audience are kind of ahead of them right because we are seeing the things that he's doing and they don't know about right so like the criminals are thinking like while they're thinking oh he's not calling we're discovering about him like he's lying to his wife he has an affair with the uh with the employee right that he's going to he wants to take to brazil and he got you know what i mean like like so we already sort of know he's a shitty guy and that actually i actually didn't think Maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. uh,
3: because, you know, obviously uh, I forget things because mm-hmm. I do drugs. Um, <laughs> but I felt like they didn't even indicate they they kind of didn't really indicate his affair unless I missed something. They didn't indicate his affair until after you found out he was already going like we're going to fucking Rio lady to his girlfriend and also why didn't you just kill the kid i know that means there wouldn't be a movie but yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean he could
2: have just well, killed, no, no 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 so so the so, so they <laughs> did they did show it before so like literally what what you saw was uh he tells he tells the wife that he has to go back to work right and then yes. that's when they show him with uh, uh the woman he works with and they're making out right and then the incredibly they incredibly hot woman yes, that he this, works with. Yeah, Everybody this, in
3: this movie is like like you could tell they were also like, Well, let's put a bunch of incredibly hot women yeah, in this movie yeah, too, which is very sure.
2: funny. It it really is. it's really distracting. Like even the main criminal, the sister who <laughs> like she's very like a very attractive woman. Um, very very like uh actually like one of gives probably my favorite performance in the movie. Um which is saying something, because I do feel like there's a lot of good performances in the movie. The Mute Kid's are great. Uh, his shitty parents are cool. They're great. I mean, they're not literally cool. They suck. <laughs> but they're, like, good at being shitty parents. Um, they, they- <laughs> the fucking dad. The,
3: the, the, the dad in that, when he's driving home, he's and pissed. he's like, I always wanted my own territory, and you messed it up you broke my dreams or something like that you don't know what it is but it's funny to think yeah like is he a salesman where he's like my dream was to have my own sales territory <laughs> it's like that's a fucking small <laughs> dream brother
2: right <laughs> and he's like shitting on his autistic son for it like it's his fault like as if like what? like first of all well, he's like
3: what's this horse shit? his boss was like what's this horse shit this kid can't talk how old is it what kind of an idiot kid can't? that's what he says something like what kind of a kid can't talk yeah, and I was yeah. like, what the hell? And then he starts laughing and my wife sends a text like, what the fuck are you watching with that <laughs> maniacal laughter? And I was like, "A movie." Uh, but the boss is like a real f- creep for some reason. Yeah, he mean, bosses t- are creeps, but it's yeah. just such a weird way that like he's got the kid in his lap. He's talking to the kid. The kid can't talk and then he starts goofing on the kid
2: yeah and he's kind of he has like that joe biden energy with children
3: (laughs) yeah yeah it is i hate it i mean like he didn't seem to have kids that's a thing that Mm -hmm. like when when somebody doesn't have kids and they're super comfortable with because i didn't i wasn't comfortable with kids until after i had a kid Mm -hmm. so that was weird to me too it's like dude why are you so interested (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> and, this kid,
3: and why can't you just leave him alone and give his
2: dad his uh his territory his sales territory for yeah. fuck's sake i think like the a, a good parent and or just a, someone with any sort of like uh, dignity and love for their child would have that would have been the last day that they worked for that guy <laughs> like that yeah. would have been like like you fuck you dude like what are you saying about my kid like it would have been over but because there's dad's like a fucking so a fucking weasel, fucking uh, would do anything to have a well, fucking. The parents name. hate the parents. parents hate they hate the kid. kid. They they blame the kid for everything. Like they blame their they, their lot in life, whatever dissatisfactions they have, they totally uh, put it onto the the kid. Their They're horrible lot in life on a, in a house
3: with a bunch of land. Like, yeah, they have a, house uh, a, a beautiful house in Los Angeles,
2: uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> in the hills, in the hills. It's like, oh man. What use- a
2: fucking fuck this kid. He's <laughs> <laughs> a piece of shit. Fuck him. Um, yeah, they're really awful. Uh, you know what an interesting moment, though, that I feel like makes it sort of the moment that I f- that I feel like is in relation to like we could tie it back into like having you on and street fight is the moment where Eddie's talking to the girl blindfolded. And she's like uh, scared and like he's trying to console her. And he talks about she asked him about like work. Right and Mm -hmm. eddie says that he was once in the army right and like he would take orders uh from from his uh superiors and they would tell him to do something he would do it and then when he got out the army he worked at a furniture place and when uh he worked at the furniture place his boss would tell him to do something and he would do it and then one day his boss comes to him and he, he tells her that he said you know um i really appreciate all the hard work you're doing um Eddie and uh, I want to I want to uh, reward you for that So I got you some new coveralls mm-hmm. <laughs> And then Eddie says he punches him And then he's never worked the job ever again in life And I was like that Right there is such Like you said like Eddie's a bad guy He's a, He rapes a chick and all that stuff But like there's moments of empathy and sim- Where you sympathize with him and I felt like That moment is such a Perfect like moment Of like how every Motherfucker feels when they work a job right like 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 this boss that he's working for is like he's running around busting his ass doing this manual labor furniture moving job and then like he gets acknowledgement but the acknowledgement is like oh i'm just gonna get you some more coveralls not no not more money not like any sort of promotion you know it's like when they it's like when they placate you with pizza yeah (laughs) it is
3: a big pizza party company
2: made a two billion dollars in profits this year guys today we're going to give you guys pizza
3: Here's Brantley Gilbert my where my wife works they're like here's Brantley Gilbert he'll play two songs for you. <laughs> right in an and- arena you go to an arena a guy gives a speech about how great everything's going and then they have a have some famous guy play two songs for him.
2: <laughs> right it's like as a consolation like you you know that's a great uh that's a great uh reward there you, you could you could probably give people more some of those profits right uh so it's almost Any like of an- it. Ten yeah, percent. Right. And it's so in a way you're just kind of like, as much as like I wouldn't go to the extremes that these people did for sure. Um, but you do kind of understand <laughs> you kind of understand like why they're so desperate uh for sort of uh, money, because it's like that is the American uh way of life, right? Which is Yeah, like, and
3: also <laughs> there's just so many people that don't work for it
1: mm-hmm.
3: where it's and like, like they the get a lot of credit yeah yeah there's mm-hmm. just a bunch of people that don't work for their money mm-hmm. and even the, the little girl doesn't understand then like why don't you just go get a job and it's like well i could go get a fucking job but uh they're not gonna pay me enough to live and they're gonna fucking boss me around and and treat me like dog shit so right, right. i have to say this seems much more preferable yeah to get a job you're they talk so much in an in, in American kind of the lore of America about mm-hmm. about these these almost outlaw, you know, businessmen, you know, there's mm-hmm. a, a, a history channel thing called the men who built America that is about these like robber barons that yeah. that were just these fucking nasty people and, and how they they did things outside of the box that many people thought were illegal or might be illegal, and they did it, and they got away with it, and now their family, and their fa- their kids, 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 kids will be wealthy for the rest of time, and uh, so you can see people like this, the the criminals in this movie, thinking like, well, I want, I, I'm also thinking outside, and then you know they're gonna get in trouble. They're they they did a kidnapping, which is wrong. And, you know, they also attempted to rape the kid, which I found really crazy that they did that in the movie. Yeah, they didn't attempt to
2: rape the kid. The brother did. Yeah. Which is, raped the the girl at the very, toward the end of the movie. And that's a very, and the little, the the mute kid is above in the attic watching. And you could just see sort of like him, his like reaction. It's a very like, it's a very like, it's harrowing, right? It's a fucked up scene where you're like, holy shit, right? Where you're just like, but that again—that's that's 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 the type of movie that this is, where it's like it really has this weird tone, where you're like, um, it's able to like bounce between goofy moments with like, and then moments where you're just like, oh shit, it, it goes there. Um, yeah, it does go there. It but, certainly does that. But I feel like what you were what you were highlighting about like, you know how. These, these uh, robber barons are, the, are sort of the people who founded this country. I feel like the Candy Snatchers, in a way, is a, is a true American story. It's, they're entrepreneurs <laughs> because we live in a country where it's built on sort of like this, le- like, this, like you know, whether it's the Kennedys who started in bootlegging, you know, whether it's the founding, the founding fathers, like it's founded by criminals and ran by criminals. And the only difference is once they get into a situation where they're the ones in power then they get to set not only do they get to uh rewrite history to make themselves not criminals but they also get to dictate the terms in terms of what is criminal and what isn't you know what i mean it's like how you can you know how you can get away with certain blue collar i mean not blue collar but white collar crimes right it's like mm-hmm. because the powers that be are are the ones dictating what gets penalized and what doesn't so in a way this is like a very very appropriate sort of like this should be shown in american history class <laughs> I mean, the thing is, like,
3: me and my wife were just watching uh, uh, on. It's on Discovery Plus. I have mm-hmm. every streaming service. Very famously, I have every <laughs> streaming service that exists. I spent a lot of money mm-hmm. on streaming, and uh, we were watching this doc called House of Hammer, which is about Army Hammer's family, Armand yeah, on, and yeah, Army, yeah, and yeah. all those people. Ar- Ar- Armand Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about those those people and how they they got their fortune and you come to find out near the end that he was bribing politicians he was doing mm-hmm. just the guy was doing so much uh armand hammer was mm-hmm. doing so much crime it, it it like every bit of the money is illegitimate and um i think like that is that's what this movie is kind of interested in, in a way where it's like, well, if 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 this person or like all the people that just fucking have a fortune because slavery.
2: Right. Right. Ill gotten gains like that. People that these that are now legitimized, these all these people that have these 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 fortunes that are legitimized now, but that weren't. They were built on crime, like <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, but they're able to walk around as upstanding citizens in terms of like, oh yeah, well we got our money. We're 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 nothing's wrong. Everything we do is above board. We're we're legal. It's like yeah, but uh, the reason that you're there is because of the criminal past of your of your uh, uh, ancestors. Are <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, it's very interesting um, to to sort of like watch a movie like this and sort of look at it through that like prism, like where you're like, okay. Because again, it becomes all like even even the stepfather, for example, like the stepfather is very open about why he married this much older woman, right? This mm-hmm. much he married this much older woman because she she had money. Uh, her husband died, and he's you know, and she has a daughter that oh. you know, like it is like that's why kind of
3: <laughs> also kind of funny in that. They, they act this woman that is uh uh this guy's wife that they treat as like a, a senior citizen right, right. in this movie is also pretty hot. I, I was about, dude, I, it looks are, like she's in her
2: 30s or 40s we are thinking the same way because I was watching this and I'm like she's they're acting like she's like Disgusting old hag, and I'm like, no, actually, she's pretty hot. <laughs> like, for she a, like... looks like
3: she's 38 in in 19, <laughs> or even younger than that. And in, in the 70s, everybody looked a touch older. Yeah, you yeah. know, like I there's a uh, a lot of the wrestling podcasts I listen to when they do uh, uh, reviews of old wrestling, mm-hmm. they're like, guess how old the guy is, and they'll be like. 45 and he's like nope it's 27 <laughs> yeah. and uh just people back then looked they look way oldies. fucking older yeah. for some reason yeah. but she did not look she she looked like she could have been in her 30s yeah. and that's why i was so confused at the end when that guy was flirting with her and the dude was like ew gross and it's like gross what she's fucking i don't even know how old she is it, it really felt like yeah. Maybe one of the people making the movie was a little bit of a uh was horny for all of the women that he mm. got to be in it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think the dude's name is like uh what is, what is the director's name again? Uh he has an interesting name. It's uh Gur Ger- Gurdon. I don't know how it's pronounced. Gurdon Trueblood. Uh very interesting name, Gurdon mm-hmm. Trueblood. Uh and I've, I I listen to it cuz I have this on Blu-ray and there's a little he does a little introduction and he's like an older guy, um, obviously because this is a newer Blu-ray, but like he looked kind of like that kind of guy. He got that kind of vibe, like, like you know, like he was definitely probably like, yeah, these are hot women that I'm kind of like perving on. Um, and it's very interesting because that moment where where the brother comes back to the mother's house because they're going after the stepfather because he's clearly not going to pay up and they want to fucking get in get in with the money that he's owed, and he's so he's already like raped her daughter, but then he like has this moment with her where she's laying in bed and he's on top of her. Um, and then again, he acts like, which again is kind of sick because he's like, now I'm going for the mother. You got, you kind of got that sense that he had that like perverted sort of like uh, fantasy of like, oh, I'm the mother and the daughter. But then he like kills her. And like you said, he is, he's acting like she's gross. But I'm like sitting there looking like, she's not gross. Like, why do they keep pretending that this woman's gross? <laughs> like, like she's not at all. Uh, it, it's a very, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, uh, the ageist sort of uh, uh, messaging <laughs> that this movie kind of has, where it's like, I guess if you're over thirty, you're you're considered ancient. I guess <laughs> back in the seventies, at this point. I mean, that's what it was. I yeah. that,
3: I mean, it kind of still is for women. It was yeah. just mm. so pronounced mm. in this in this show in this movie, where it was like, okay, like yeah, I guess because like I said, they treat her like she's seventy. And she's not. She's so clearly it be- not. it becomes 70. confusing, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, you know how Hollywood is. They, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> I, I definitely, I definitely do, and it's definitely some, uh, some weird fetishization of youth. Like, like again, that's even they do that now, um, um, especially in the era we live in now, where we're we we live in the era of like a uh, con- uh, pedophile conspiracy madness like you know what i mean like where Mm -hmm. where you're like uh people are obsessed with it uh because there is legitimate credence when you have people like jeffrey epstein (laughs) uh you know what i mean where you're like oh well like these elites they do like to fuck young people (laughs) like what 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 you know what i mean like when it grants credence to the the thing that we already sort of kind of know implicitly which is like there is this weird thing about youth and age in terms of our culture but uh, how it's how much value and stock is placed in it which is kind of strange i'm gonna be honest like uh it's very weird that we place such a stock in youth when you're young you don't know anything like you know i was a moron for the majority of my youth you know what i mean like i barely like like i didn't have any like life experience let alone a world view uh, a coherent one when I was young, but it, like we place a lot of stock in like youth, which is just very strange. Like, and we fetishize it. Um, and some of the reasoning behind it maybe is kind of obvious, but, but uh, as a whole, I feel like, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like this movie definitely touches on that um, directly uh, mm-hmm. in a very sort of like, I don't know, unflinching kind of way. Like I feel like this movie doesn't flinch in, in general. It just doesn't. It Just kind of like says fuck it because it's an exploitation movie, right? So of course it is, the, the, yeah. it's, it's going to lean into that seedy sort of and uh, the, the twisted and the perverse sort of aspects of of of, of titillation, right? They're going to go. Mm-hmm. They're going to go full 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 bore for that. Um, yeah. How did you How did you feel um, about sort of like the final? ending like not only the build up to the but the build up to the ending and the ending itself. Like how did you feel about that? Cause I really I kinda like uh again I just enjoy watching like everything fall apart. Like <laughs> at every moment they think they figured it out and then like every then it's just more fucking Yeah. 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 I mean no the the
3: fact that everybody died at the end I guess was fair. Enough, mm-hmm. except for the kid, I mean, the little girl died. So everybody else had to die is what I think the, the, the bad guys and the dad, everybody had to die if the girl was going to die. So I did, I didn't mind that, that the fact that candy died, but it would have sucked if it was like everybody else lived, you know, and the little kid, uh, getting to shoot his mom is, mm-hmm. uh, who was mean to him, mean as hell trying to drug him. So
2: that was pretty sick. I like that part. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very interesting because like uh, when you get to the end and, and the little kid gets uh, the step, the stepfather is having a shootout at up at the top of the, the house with uh, Eddie. And then uh, I believe Eddie shoots him and then the kid gets the gun and shoots Eddie. Right. And then like, you're right. Everyone is dead at that point. And the kid goes down the hill. With the gun Ends up shooting his mom right Or does he shoot his mom
3: I mean that's what they say uh, or That's not what they say they don't immediately Say it but mm-hmm. It feels like he went down and shot his Fucking mom
2: right I'm not quite he certain drugged he did, him. But but wasn't he drugged him So it's was, fine and was it in the and then Like you, you sort of get the the got the Pole in the ground still um, And and it's just a very interesting Ending where 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 you're like I don't know like you're right everyone died um they got sort of their just desserts you know um but i'm i'm like nobody deserved
3: to live except for maybe the kid the girl and her mom didn't necessarily deserve to die but i think they i you know this is one of those things where they make it so everybody kind of has a reason that you would want to see them dead i guess the the woman, the, well, we, the heiress, she she was cheating on her husband. Her husband was awful. And I, I think they took a lot of, they worked really hard to make it. So everybody except for the kids deserve to get killed.
2: Right. And Candy isn't dead, but you get the sense that like she's dead. <laughs> well, what well, I mean, yeah, by, there's no way to get her out. Right. Cause the she's, in the, yeah, she's back in the ground again. And the, but the kid's alive and you're in your mind, you're like, well, how's the kid going to get them to and bury her. I guess he could go down and yeah, get the police and get up there they see the dead shovel. bodies. Yeah, Well, would... he
3: tried to call the police and it didn't Right, he, work used out he used the
2: doll, used the doll with the thing. But but now that there's like dead bodies there, right? Like mm-hmm. So there's a hope that Candy uh, will survive, but like I think I would say
3: though that mm-hmm. like in going with the theme of this movie, mm-hmm. I would say that like if the police got there I mean, if you saw what happened next, if the police got there, I would assume they wouldn't also listen to the kid. They, right, they, right. That, they, like, this movie is about, you know, how disposable children are mm-hmm. to adults and shit like that and how, you know, a lot of times, you know, people have them and they have this romanticized idea of what it is, but they don't end up the way that uh, you thought they would be maybe and that... um you know, the, 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 uh, a lot of people see them as, as like a meal ticket or, or anything like that. And they don't listen to them and they don't care about their problems. That's why I think the kid went down and shot his mom at the end of the movie, <laughs> just cause it was just like the director almost saying like the director saying like they didn't listen and it's almost like, like I saw it as like a comment on generations. Yeah. Like, like about generational kind of a, um, what is the word? Gener generational, like how we fight. Uh, we talk about the inter- like yeah the we intergenerational inter- uh, riffs, intergenerational shit. trauma. I guess is what I would say. And the the, who knows what happened with the mom? But that little boy, was treated like shit because the mom was always angry and he never listened to her and what ended up happening he ended up shooting her
2: dead so so it's like the boomer generation because that kid would be a boomer killing (laughs) the the generation that preceded it well no it's like us
3: it's like us killing our parents right well we would be killing the boomers they didn't yeah (laughs) they didn't listen they didn't listen they didn't really care about the things that that we had to say and you know i mean i don't know how a lot of I don't know how everybody feels but like mm-hmm. I have an insane amount of like you know I just I don't I don't really like my parents very much and mm-hmm. it, it's because of that kind of thing it's mm-hmm. because they didn't listen to me they didn't take any interest in me mm-hmm. uh, as a kid or ask me what I wanted to do they kind of had their idea of what what somebody should do mm-hmm. and they just pushed pushed like they kind of were just like, well, he's not gonna do that, so fuck it. And uh, you know, now I'm bad mouthing him on a podcast,
2: <laughs> which isn't the same as shooting <laughs> him. But, you know, uh, yeah, I think that's yeah. If you have to trade off, I think it's better than shooting them. Up. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say. Um, I you know, but it's I, just if you ignore these, ignore children at
3: your own peril, because right. the kid, the it'll come back on you when you're older. You yeah. know what I mean? The next yeah. generation. Again, like if my parents weren't assholes, maybe I, I'd be willing to take care of them and stuff like that. But instead mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what, I, I don't this isn't my responsibility, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, you know, have share that sentiment when it comes to their parents for sure. Uh I've I've seen that dynamic play itself out, uh you know, in many times through different, you know, friends and, and, and shit. I'm fortunate that like, despite uh, my parents aren't perfect people. I don't believe there is such thing as a perfect person. Right. But I do feel like they did love us and they did the best that they could do. You know what I'm saying? Um, Given the circumstances of where they were at, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I always felt like, you know and that was one thing that i could say for, that i could compare and contrast with kids that i grew up with in my neighborhood where it was like they thought i was rich because i had two parents you know I mean? <laughs> that's the type of neighborhood i grew up in where it was like mm-hmm. oh you're rich it's like they just thought i was rich because i had two parents like you know my parents were working class people you know what i mean they weren't mm-hmm. they weren't like rich but it just seemed that way because i had those parents that like did sort of like uh even though they did have their own sort of consumed with their own sort of jobs and stuff, they did. I didn't know that they cared. And I did know that like they had, they, they, there were moments, the moments that you, like you said, the moments where they actually did like show that when they actually paid me attention and and was like showed that they were actually like invested in me at all, like stuck with me. Um, so yeah, I definitely remember that when it comes to like my kids where I'm like, yo, uh, fuck I need to like pay attention
3: <laughs> you know what I mean like well, I that's how I am now I'm like I don't want my kid to dislike me right when I'm old and she's you know in her 30s or 40s you know what I mean right. so I uh uh I guess I would say like this movie was about in a way it was about the parents that don't do that that treat their yeah. kid as a status symbol that don't listen to their kid that mm-hmm. that that beat their kid and stuff like that, it's like, that's gonna come back around on you. It's always gonna come back around on you and you should think about that. And you know, I I watch my parents now at, at my age trying to like, you know, atone for these kind of things that it's like, well, I mean, it doesn't count anymore. I'm an adult. Yeah, yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're a fully formed person. Like it's like it's done. Like, you know, um uh yeah, that's definitely uh That's definitely uh something that this movie is really uh It's really about. Like, I mean, like yeah, it's about it's an exploitation movie, it's about a kidnapping, it's about all this shit, but it's really that's really what it's about. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, the juxtaposition of, like, the, the two young people in this movie, right? Like, the uh, the sort of relationships that they have uh, to the people that are supposed to be the adults in their lives, the people that care about them. Like you said, the mom, for Candy's mom and Candy's stepfather, completely checked out from whatever the hell's going on with her. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then the little kid, the little, the little autistic kid and his parents who completely resent him and don't give a fuck. And then you look at the criminals and sort of, like, the the fact that the dynamic is a brother and sister, with two of them, and then you got this other guy, who's sort of like, you could tell it, it, they've had like they've been abandoned by not only when you feel abandoned in society, where does it start, right? You know what I mean? Like, a lot of times it starts the first sort of instance you get of that is at the home, right? And then that becomes mm-hmm. like a larger, sort of uh, uh or smaller sort of uh, example of what happens in the larger world like you know what I mean so it's like this whole movie is basically about that and I don't know necessarily how intentional that was from the filmmakers uh you know because a lot of a lot of a lot of this stuff is subconscious right like Mm -hmm. I feel like you can write something and then all these sort of themes and motifs will pop up after the fact that we're not necessarily on the forefront of your mind but they're there, they're baked in. So it's like, it's one of those things where I question like, but again, it has such, I feel like there was thought, a lot of thought put into this because one, the title, like that's a great fucking title. Like the candy snatchers, in my opinion, because one, obviously the girl, the daughter's name is Candy and they snatch her. But then there's this idea of snatching the candy when it comes to like criminals and stealing the jewelries, right? Getting your hand caught, snatch. And then there's this idea of like, uh uh in halloween when when kids with bigger kids would snatch the candy from the little kids it has like this layered meaning to it you know what i mean it's like it's like a, mm-hmm. it's like it's i always love titles that can do that like when a movie like oh the candy snatchers oh that's an interesting title just on its very surface level but then as you start to like dig into what it means in terms of the story that you're watching like there's multiple ways you can view that title and i feel like that's indicative of sort of the script uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, uh, the 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 person who wrote it also produced it. They weren't a director, um, but I feel like that's yeah. So maybe maybe I, maybe I should, maybe I'm not giving them enough credit. Uh, maybe maybe all of that shit was just that commentary was uh, baked in on purpose, and it wasn't some mm-hmm. shit that was just a byproduct of coming out. It's probably a little bit of both, though. Truthfully, um, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: I mean the stuff I do is mm-hmm. not none of the stuff I ever did was mm-hmm. like uh the intention wasn't like s- studying or or, mm-hmm. or researching shitty 90s to mm-hmm. 2000s guy culture mm-hmm. and uh but I get that I I wanted to do that stuff because it was fun for me and right. now you know when people talk about what I do on my Patreon they're like, oh, you're you are basically just like it's all studying night shitty 90s pop culture <laughs> guy culture shit yeah. and and 2000s, obviously. And even the 2010s, I'm going to be doing one on the movie Ted soon. And <laughs> I did the date movie and yeah, all those yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, you know maybe they didn't intend to do something about generational trauma or whatever, but they made that movie. And like, I think that's what happens. That happens a lot of times, you know? Yeah. I mean, the shit that people tell me about what I do, about the meaning that they derive from what I do Mm -hmm. is fucking mind blowing most of the time. Cause it's like, oh, I don't, that's not what I was setting out to do. I was just setting out to goof on Dane Cook. (laughs) You know what I mean?
2: But the thing is, is the impulses that you have to do certain things are driven by those things that are just in you. You know what I mean? Because of your, uh, the, the interactions that you have with the world that you're in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it, it, it's there. You don't really necessarily, that's the thing where it's like, I feel like the things that, you know, um, when it comes to like creativity and just writing and making shit, right. It's the same. Well, thing. I
3: also, I also think that like, I choose the things I choose Uh, because of like my politics and my, my Mm -hmm. schooling in, and college, I was a sociology, I graduated from OSU with a sociology degree Mm -hmm. and like the things I choose, I choose because of that. And then the rest of it is kind of like, uh, it just comes out when I talk about these sorts of things. So that's the way I think about it. Like like uh some maybe the person that made this had some kind of thing he wanted to say or maybe didn't set out to say something about his parents or or the other generations but that's what he ended up saying
2: yeah i definitely think that that's on point i definitely feel i feel like that that's probably that's probably the case uh given just the nature of exploitation too like you know like these are these are movies that our people are making, you know, somewhat cynically, you know what I mean? Because they're like trying to cash in, make a buck. And like what comes out just sort of came out naturally. Right. Like in mm-hmm. terms of like what, the you know, it's definitely influenced by the time it was made. I mean, we can you could just tell that by watching it. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, like this is of a time. This is of an era, just like all that shit that you talk about the 2000s and like Woodstock 99 and all that shit. <laughs> like that's of a very specific era, a very specific time. Uh, that that is like uh, interesting. like I, I was listening my friend um, my friend was saying something to me the other day. he texted me and was like uh, he was like, man Eminem used to be really hilarious, right <laughs> And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what you're right. Um, and like that prompted us to like bring up like the songs from like the Marshall Mathers LP that are so fucking wild uh, now in a 2022 context. Uh like now, like he comes out with music and you're like, people don't really care. Um, you know, he, he you know, I think people do care. Let me not let me let me let me preface that. Like he has fans, right? I feel like his fans are of a certain age. They're probably guys of a certain kind that I know. Um, but when he was uh at his height in terms of like an artist, all of that music from that era was fucking like when you think about it now it's kind of fucking wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like some of the shit that was being said in the music <laughs> as much like criticism that like anything gets now today. Um, Like, yeah, that shit like wouldn't fly. <laughs> like, like I, 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 yeah. Like I, I, that just kind of speaks to, it's a very random, but it was something that literally happened the other day where it was just like, I was like, I was like, yeah, like he has a song, like all of the songs in the album, but the song that's like, uh, I'm gonna kill you like if you just read the lyrics to that song (laughs) if you just read the lyrics to that song you'd probably get canceled (laughs) like like, if you just read them out loud like you're like yo holy shit like uh and you get it though it's like it's like from his perspective and in that era like like that was like everyone was like to to use an overused term like everyone was cringe like back in the turn of two thousands, and everybody was like a fucking edge lord. Like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that like was, was the very, culture
3: at that time. Yeah, that's, it was straight edge. That's edgelord the shit.
2: thing about the things
3: that I. That's the thing about the things that I cover. It is mm-hmm. to show like, like, I don't, I don't, I think that's one of the reasons people like what I do is that I don't come at it from, like, being this precious thing that like it's not a nostalgia show it's not right it's not me going on oh isn't it fucking cool what what man used to do no it it was stupid (laughs) and i can't believe people like that and here's why and like so you start to name i guess the reasons why and then it then becomes like well you could look at this as like a a nostalgia thing that's fine with me i don't care or you can look at it as like a comment on nostalgia uh or you can look at it as whatever politics thing you think it is but like the, the 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 goal for me always is to kind of take these people down a little bit and and kind of you know make fun of I mean, you know, you make fun of a guy like Eminem from that time because he thought he was so edgy and cool, and like he was really just like calling Justin Timberlake gay or whatever. (laughs) For and that was like his big.
2: Let me let me jump let me jump in and defend him a little bit, right? Uh, uh, I will say this: you're right, you're not wrong, Um, but there is like. As cringe as he is today, I do feel like he made interesting. It was interesting. It was like interesting art, like regardless of like the content, like, you know what I mean? Like, like it was like, oh, he had a perspective and a point of view. This is like before he was like just a rich guy forever. You know what I mean? Like it was a very sort of like, uh you know, to use a term that they love to use now too, based. It was a very based, it was a very fucking based uh, album um, for better and for worse, right? Mm-hmm. Like the things that make it necessarily good are also kind of the things that make it kind of bad too. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? I mean, I just don't,
3: I, I don't think I worry as much about, mm-hmm. like when when I do it, it it's kind of like I, I look back at stuff. I don't, I'm not a person that's like, super nostalgic you know when i was a kid i wanted to be an adult really bad and and like there's just there isn't anything that like i i hold in super high regard that i won't like make fun of yeah 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 so like i i'm similar i let shit i just that's what i mean by when i say like yeah well really he was just calling people gay that was like the whole joke but that's not an an attack on even eminem as much as like every joke was calling every joke gay was calling people in gay. the yeah. 2000s yeah. yeah yeah
2: yeah that's gay that was like a very common saying like that's gay um um you're right and like no i i'm, I'm on record as saying like i view nostalgia as like a, a form of mental illness like like i i <laughs> like i really don't like nostalgia like um because i feel like people sort of like use nostalgia like you know um as this sort of like i don't know it's like it reminds people of a time when they were young right Mm -hmm. and then that, that because of that uh because of their relationship to the sort of the time they turn off their critical sort of you know um perspective whatsoever like it's like this is this is something that you can't judge this is something that you can't even and it's like first of all who cares like it's not for me judge like it's not about judging or not judging it's just like you said it is what it is right like, it doesn't hurt it right it, it doesn't, doesn't
3: hurt eminem for me to goof on the things that eminem was doing in the 90s like, right right like this thing uh maybe the thing about me is like maybe you're just different from me i don't hold this pop culture shit in super high regard that it, it is it shouldn't be. You can't be. make fun it, yeah. of it because but it's we live, mostly disposable. It's like dis- most of the mainstream shit is completely yeah. disposable shit. It's, it's McDonald's. It's it's that's it's what supposed should. to be too. That's yeah. the other thing. I'm not a snob right. when it comes to movies and shit like that. It's supposed, to, in my opinion. This shit is supposed to be disposable. Like the way we talk about these Marvel movies, the motherfuckers aren't supposed they're, to be important. They're, they're not to be the thing you go and see and right. fucking leave. You're not supposed to sit down and be like, "Well, you know, this was a comment on trauma and grief and <laughs> all this shit." It's like, "Jesus
2: Christ." Yo, I listen, I I love I love what Marvel has become. Like I used to like the comics when I was young and shit, but like as I like I just hate I hate all that shit. And and you're right. Like it's meant to be like it's supposed to be consumed like White Castle. <laughs> like 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 you just eat it and then it goes right through you. Uh and then that's it. Like that's what you, you but, shit it back out. Like it's not But they,
3: they don't sell it that way. No, they don't. And that's no. the thing that when critics talk about like mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh I, I think it's like when critics talk about black Panther about this, like really important (laughs) generation defining kind of movie to me, it's like, we're supposed to like, I mean, it, I don't, I don't maybe like the director was definitely trying to say something right Mm -hmm. and do something. But it was also, it's a, fucking superhero movie it's not
2: yeah
3: yeah it's not supposed to be i don't know it's not supposed to be the battle of algiers or whatever (laughs) one of those movies where it's like you're it is it's fucking totally fine to sit down and watch a movie and not not try to figure out the political implications of liking the movie but since disney has decided to sell their movies that way because now this is how we all have to view movies through the lens of like politics and mm-hmm. the impact on society and stuff like that and right. i just don't look at things that way i don't look at i'm not gonna fucking look at the fast and the furious movies <laughs> in yeah. that way yeah. I, that's just like oh, you know listen, you read that listen, article as so- about as about so- how they're great uh, the fast and the furious movies are about Family and and it's a multiracial <laughs> family and stuff like that. And I was like, dude, the Fast and the Furious movies are about people doing cool stuff with cars. That's what the movies
2: about. Okay, shout out to Tyrese. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I have a working relationship with him. Um, so so I've read Fast Ten. <laughs> Those movies are not. I don't think he'd care if I said this. I don't. But if he does, oh well. It's not like he's gonna listen to this podcast. Uh, but um those movies are not created at a fucking script level with any of that shit in mind. Like they're not like, mm. like they're not like, that's um, what I mean. <laughs> I'll
3: I'll give a good example of some things mm. that I've already brought up like three mm. times or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I will just give this example of, uh, in in pro wrestling, there is a, a whole section of the internet and you know, Uh, the kind of journalism behind it that is it talks about the stories that they tell and that they are telling and they 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 fill in all the blanks for these fucking stories that maybe aren't done as well and then they get mad when the company doesn't do what they thought it was going to happen what would have made a good story right and they never think about the fact that like it's an incredibly fucking stupid, like the people writing them are incredibly (laughs) stupid. (laughs) And like Vince McMahon is not a fucking genius. He didn't do anything. He had money and he inherited a, a promotion from his dad and like, the things he wrote were about like poop and farts and all that (laughs) stuff that people accuse wrestling of being. That's what it is. But there are a lot of people out there who feel bad maybe about watching something that might be considered low culture. So they try to explain to you how it's art and how it's this like really genius shit. You know what I mean? And like, uh, I just don't see it that way. I see it as like just something stupid. You know, just has, a stupid thing to
2: enjoy. Exactly. And I feel like you have to sort of know what it is you're getting into when you watch certain things. Right. And it's like I'm not somebody who really cares about making distinctions between high and low art and shit like that. Like, I feel like I kind of just view everything as the thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's all the thing. It's all art. It's and And yes, there's lesser and greater work when it comes to quality. But I'm not like somebody who's going to be a fucking like I I'm, I don't I refuse to call myself a cinephile <laughs> or some shit no. like that. I feel like it's just fucking, yeah, it's pretentious and it's goofy. Uh, and you're it's right. It's just
3: you wanting to tell people that what you like is, important. is smart. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and also that, like, if people look at me and they see me enjoying something that that, like, I'm not supposed to be enjoying because it's not the right kind of art then i need to have a reason why i'm doing it so oh i'm just i'm just seeing it to see what you know to research what normal people really think and it's like motherfucker, no you're not just watch the thing and enjoy it and have fun
2: but people talk there's a there's a strange uh there's a strange there's strange attitudes that people have about sort of the things that they like where they attach self-worth to these things like these things it's like these are products made by multi-billion dollar corporations like like why why the level of attachment that people you know have to these because again it comes back to this idea that they're made for man babies you know what i mean so like that's sort of like the 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 demeanor of the people who are you know like (laughs) who get the most upset right like they are uh you know adult children so you know very much like a child when you say something you know that they don't like about their favorite toy (laughs) you know what i mean it's very similar it's a very similar response and it's very interesting that like so many it's so prevalent like they can't
3: understand how you couldn't how a person could go see again wakanda forever and be like because I saw it and I thought it sucked, yeah. and they just can't understand how somebody could go see something like that and be like, "You're not allowed to think
2: this sucks," you know
3: what I mean? And I'm like, "Yeah, you are,
2: motherfucker." Because yeah, I did. The only, re- the only reason I, I, I even, somehow succeeded, yeah, the only reason I even see any of those movies is because I have a kid, I have a son who's young and he's yeah. and he and it's age appropriate for him to think that's awesome. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. I I'm never gonna tell my son, yo, that movie fucking sucked. You're shut up. <laughs> like, no, he's nine. Like, I'm gonna let him like love the shit. Like, you know I didn't
3: even post that I thought it sucked, really, yeah. like or anything. Like, I don't even want to I don't want to ruin a movie for yeah. people, but I've I I thought it fucking sucked. And it was just like as soon as you say that, you're 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 not good you're a bad person just like i'm sorry uh i just think you know well, here's i just another, here's
2: another thing though and it, it kind of like kind of speaks to uh sort of the dynamics that are at play behind the scenes when you come to sort of like the there's a class of people um who work in hollywood um and it's a very sort of like they're either you're either uh, you either born into it in terms of like you're either someone who is who is sort of part of the sort of like elite sort of you know liberal class right um mm-hmm. are you a striver maybe you're like uh you know um someone who wants to sort of climb the ladder right and so you you want to ascend sort of the class strata um so you got those sort of like, I don't know if to use, you know, the, the petty bourgeois type, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, you, those are the people who are tend to like occupy a lot of a lot of the jobs in Hollywood. Um, mm-hmm. And so you got to put it you've got to really think about like the psychology behind a lot of uh, the rationales for making these things have a level of gravitas or importance that isn't actually um, warranted. Because to them, they want to be able to sort of make a lot of money, live the sort of comfortable life that they've been living. But they also want to have uh, the ability to sort of be looked at or perceived as high minded or doing important work, even though they know that there's fairly mediocre uh, at best. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is this, this the people that it's like the John McCain's, of the, you know, like where they fail upward. Like all these people have failed upward. And they know that they have uh they know that they're not good. They know that they're overpaid. <laughs> they know that like like what they are doing is not like high quality. But they're like, nah, fuck that. I it is like and I'm going to convince everyone it is. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that is at play when it comes to sort of uh how these movies are approached now you know that's why there's a mm-hmm. that's why there are always these people that are saying like marvel movies should be uh get academy awards right like it's the i mean same and thing.
3: i don't have like a huge even problem with that either like fuck it, if you think it should win an award that's great that's that's perfectly fine but don't take it as a personal insult to your taste
2: if it doesn't
3: win an award because we all know I you know I grew up liking like a type of music the music I liked was stuff that the critics absolutely hated and it made (laughs) me feel bad
2: yeah, yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, yeah,
3: like it actually made me feel bad that they didn't like it. It, it would, mm. you know, you'd read a one and a half star review of like a Korn album, mm. and you'd be like, Man, what the fuck, man? I think this is so good. I can't believe these people don't like it. And find out till I was older that it was just people showing their station, and it, that they were like, I'm a critic, and I this is not the type of music a critic likes. Yeah, and yeah. uh, I didn't notice, I didn't know that until. I got a little bit older and I could never understand it. And like, I remember, you know, I got to a point in my twenties where, uh, you know, the critics hated it all and they didn't, they didn't like any of the stuff I liked that I sort of, I don't know, I got like into Radiohead and Weezer and, and just Mars Volta. I tried to get into like more uh, confusing or, or more more critically acclaimed stuff just out of nowhere to tell the people i was working with at the time that i wasn't working class is really what i was yeah, going for like, yeah, yeah yeah i'm in the artistic class sorry yeah. for you working class people at the cable company <laughs> i'm a cable i
2: work at the cable company
3: and i have very refined taste
2: they're refined taste. yeah it's, it's funny how all of this boils down to sort of that, that signaling right signaling mm-hmm. like like i'm part of the, the the class you know what i mean like the upper class and it's strange it's very when you kind of come to that aha moment, like, and I feel like some people never do, uh, but I feel like when you come to that aha moment, you see things very differently from that point moving forward. Uh, I can't quite put a finger on when it was that I kind of came to that realization, but I, it was definitely in my twenties, but it was definitely one of those moments for me where the light bulb came on, where I was like, huh? Like the reasons that people are liking things or the reasons that I'm pushed to like certain things has to do with sort of what that, symbolizes to the greater world like you know what i mean like where it's like oh and i was like why are you liking things uh based on sort of like these sort of gatekeepers who dictate sort of what it is deemed high you know or high art or important or of of worth um and how that makes you by proxy right like like if you like this thing then that means that by proxy you could be somewhat closer to the elite. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that sort mm-hmm. of weird, like uh psychology that exists in all of us. I feel like we've been um, sort of brainwashed from birth to sort of like to this, these weird, uh, the American caste system, which is, you know, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that we don't have an official caste system, uh, but we do. It's just not, stated you know what i mean here here it's different so i feel like that that it's like those tendrils have seeped into all of everything when it comes to like just anything like talking about stupid movies or music we like or or whatever you know what i mean the car you drive you know like whatever like you know what i mean the clothes you wear it's it's in it's in everything like um it's literally in everything um and once you kind of see that it's like it's like seeing. It's like Neo seeing the Matrix code to use a shitty, overused metaphor, right? You see it in everything. At that point, well, it's called.
3: <laughs> actually, there is a a very popular theorist. I know I'm not known as a genius theory guy. Uh, Pierre Bourdieu wrote a book called ha- uh, "Distinction," I think is what it's called, and he defines this thing called the habitus, mm-hmm. and it is the way that you project your class. So the very wealthy. Mm-hmm learn when they're kids how to to understand a painting or understand what's good about a painting or they understand what is good about the presentation of a fine dining meal. Like they learn that stuff in order to be able to say, oh, I appreciate this, Uh, which then projects that they're a higher class person where working class people Uh, very one of the one of the uh, projects that he did, one of the research papers he did was it was like a painting. I think of a dog, if I'm not mistaken, it's something like that. And he would bring in these very wealthy people from wealthy families and they would tell you what it hey, this thing is a comment on this and that and this and then and then he would bring in working class people and they would say it's a dog like it didn't matter. They like it. They Mm -hmm. both say they like the painting, but working class people like it just because it's a dog. Right. and um, It was just kind of the, so people in very wealthy classes are socialized to know how to project their class through the stuff that they appreciate, the stuff that they watch, the art that they consume, the clothes that they wear, the the the, the, the food that they eat at restaurants. They're taught to project class, but so are we as people taught to project class. So we say, well, uh, you know, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan. I love that stuff. Like middle brow a lot of times is what working class people are trying to project as class. Or, you know, again, pro wrestling, the thing that's very popular now, it's very popular right now to be like somebody who's perceived as a academic or intellectual to like this thing or people that are stage actors to like this thing. But when they tell you they like it, they have to explain to you why they like it. And it's always, oh, it's an art form that happens in front of people that's spontaneous and all this stuff. And for me, I'm like, I like it because it's like a carny thing. I like carny stuff. Right. I, I am an appreciator of carny stuff. And that's how it is with exploitation films too. It's like, some people are like, I can look at this exploitation film and dissect it and I did this at at the beginning of the show where I said like it seems like a comment on generational trauma or some shit like that. But to be honest, if I liked something like this, I would just like it because it's somebody going fucking crazy yeah. and not using any subtext at all and they're just doing this thing which I also I find very enjoyable. I like that shit. That's not a like something being very literal without subtext is not something that turns me off from a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like stuff. That's just the simplest explanation. Hey, this movie is basically a director and a writer saying, wouldn't it be fucked up if this happened? I'm just as happy with that as I am with this is a comment on You know generational trauma and stuff like that i'm just as equally fine either way
2: yeah yeah and it's interesting because there's there's a a lot to sort of like touch on from what you said but one of the things is this notion of like uh appreciating something um for what it is on the surface right um and then Mm -hmm. there's a appreciating it at on a more sort of uh in a more analytical way and i feel like uh both are valid ways of appreciating something um, and what's cool about certain certain things are when you could do either or you know what I mean like like I feel like some of the stuff that uh, I feel like anything can warrant anything is actually even though I do say this a lot like some things don't warrant a certain level of, uh, of uh, examination because it's just a big stupid thing, like Marvel movies, like, (laughs) uh, but you can, I feel like you can do that. You can, if you choose to, you can examine whatever you want, but to speak more on what you were saying about uh, the sort of people learning how to sort of project their class. Right. Um, And how working class people specifically um, they like the thing because they're not taught at a young age to sort of the same things. Right. Well, what's interesting about that is like, is when it comes to sort of like that the the reason that working class people, um, tend to have that approach is because of the conditions that the society that they live under has created, which is you don't have the fucking time to slow down, to actually like that's a luxury, that's a luxury to sit down and consume something and then really break you know what I mean like and take mm-hmm. time to be like oh well, let's think about this deeper let's look at the no no I got to go to work now okay or I to be able to eat. Yeah, I got. Or
3: to be able to eat like a a what's the word? Um, in order to be able to eat like a small meal that's meticulously mm-hmm. sort of a uh, uh, a fine dining small meal that's meticulous is is like you know when when Bourdieu talk uh, talks about this he says like well they're able to eat they're they're a, they know where a working class person is like I have to eat to get full because what happens if i don't you know what happens if i need to eat later or whatever that that the 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 wealthy person knows they'll be eating later Mm -hmm. they can afford it they can do it and and the the working class person especially at the times this was written this is i think an early 1900s maybe mid mid mid-1900s french guy or whatever Mm -hmm. um I should look that up actually. I sound like an idiot saying like earlier. <laughs> but this man. is just a French guy <laughs> yeah, that wrote yeah, this this yeah. bit of theory that talks mm-hmm. about like how, you know, working class people didn't know sometimes where their next meal was come or what their next meal was gonna be. Are they gonna get to have meat? Are they gonna get to have mm-hmm. bread? And these these rich people were able to eat these teeny tiny little meals uh, to show how sophisticated they are yeah, because yeah. they knew that where the next food was coming
2: from and yeah and and when you look at when you really think about it 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 kind of show it shows that like the whole like it just really shows like that the game is rigged you know what i mean like like in terms of like they the ruling class sort of uh sets the conditions by which the sort of world is you know operating under and then sort of because we because they set the conditions right then they then they're able to sort of take advantage of that like you know, in obvious ways, but also in ways that are more subtle. Like, you know what I mean? So, ways that are sort of subtle in terms of just, you know, um, how the rest of society, who's not privileged enough to be at the top rung, um, how they're, how they view things because of the world that has been sort of constructed for them to survive in. You know, like it, it's it's very it's it's a very interesting sort of. Uh, psychological head fuck when you really, really like take a moment to think about it on that like level where you're just like, huh, like it's almost like, you know, like it's, it's like somebody cheating, right? Like you're like, you're just like Lance Armstrong cheating, you know, taking fucking, you know, steroids or whatever and winning all these races and shit, uh, you know, like, um, but it's like, yeah, but you're cheating. Like you know what I mean? Like so, it's like when people talk about like, oh, uh, rich people or people of a certain class can sort of, they have a taste for the finer things. They have a more refined, uh, sophisticated taste. It's like, well, yeah, but you cheated. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, like you know what I mean? Like that's a luxury. Uh, that's a luxury that like you're able to sort of develop that's that that uh taste, so to speak. Uh, because you just are afforded that luxury as opposed to someone who isn't. Um, When in truth, like, if you actually started with an even playing field, you probably would, and someone else of a lower class, you know, or lower social status or whatever, was able to have the luxury of the time as well. They might be actually better than you when it comes to sort of their ability to identify or ascertain what's quality or... You know what I mean? They just might have a, a – we all know that. Like, taste is something that's, like – regard. it doesn't – taste is not something that's – that is uh, exclusive to the to sort of people of means or people of the upper class. Like, taste is one of those things that, like, we know plenty of people who are wealthy who have horrible taste. And I know people who, who don't have anything. They have great taste. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, taste is, like, the thing that, like, as much as they want to control it, and that's what's important about gatekeepers and having – sort of gatekeepers in culture, like that's what's important to sort of a lot of people is like who the gatekeepers are and what they're allowed to sort of, uh, what's allowed to be let in, you know, for lack of a better, you know, I don't know description, like what what is allowed to be let in, what is allowed to be sort of uh, perceived as important or worth people's time or worth a certain dollar amount in our society, like like, it's important for them to control perception. It's important for them to sort of have certain gatekeepers because the truth of the matter is like, it's like the, when it comes to taste, it's like the fucking 90 mile an hour fastball. Like you either born, you either got it or you don't. And it doesn't really matter what station you're born into. Um, That's just something that is like inherent to you as an individual. And you can debate like, yeah, taste is all subjective. Right. We know that. Right. But, Mm -hmm. but there's something to that. You know, Mm -hmm. there's something to that. (laughs) <laughs> as i ramble yep. on <laughs> yeah but um i feel like yeah i feel like that's a that's a that's probably a good a good because i can we can we can go abstract and, ex- and get super existential <laughs> talking <laughs> about this as we talk about this exploitation movie and we go into these deeper uh deeper deeper dive conversations but uh yeah uh i will i will ask you uh in closing sort of uh what are your what well, Overall, what did you think? Do you like the movie? Would you recommend? Would you recommend the Candy Snatchers? Uh, well,
3: I would. Uh, if you're into like exploitation stuff, mm-hmm. I would say you should watch it. It's pretty fun
2: yeah.
3: uh, for for that sort of thing. Now, for me, uh, very traumatic for me to watch. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. It was fine. It was pretty good. I would say for for these types of movies, movies that I don't like very much uh mm-hmm. like a jo- for a genre of movie i don't like very much mm-hmm. uh i mean it's one of the better ones i've seen so that's i'll give you that review
2: that's a, I glowing, would recommend that's, that's, it. That's a pretty glowing review then if if it's, if it's yeah. for a genre you don't like that much uh yeah. yeah i would definitely i would definitely recommend this with with the same uh preface which is like if you like exploitation movies this is this is your thing like if you don't I get it, but, but like, if you're going to watch one, uh, you can't go wrong with the Candy Snatchers, uh, because in terms of, it, it's just, it's a movie that works as a movie. Uh, it does have all those elements. It does have all those elements. Um, mm-hmm. now, uh, as I close this episode, I always like to give the guests the chance to plug whatever they, you know, have going on, what they want, uh, people to check out. So, uh, tell the listeners, Brian, uh, what you got
3: patreon.com street fight radio uh since 2018 i've been doing mini series deep dives mm. on pop culture artifacts weird shit, uh stuff that nobody else is covering like mm. like i said the friedberg and seltzer movies which are was a slog i watched all of them uh real sex uh <laughs> the, right. the hbo yeah. show we did uh obviously the most popular one is shock jocks if you were a fan of shock jocks uh i do deep dives on them constantly uh so you know look the $5 it's $5 a month but i promise i'm giving you your money's worth many people say it's the it's the uh uh best patreon out there so give us a shot and uh i think you i think you'll like it
2: yeah definitely check out street fight um definitely if you can contribute, and you won't be sorry. I have listened to, to uh, definitely those deep dives. The shock, the shock jock shit is great. Yeah, so definitely, you won't. If you're into that thing, if you, if you have a knowledge of that sort of time, you you will definitely dig it. I mean, um,
3: and if sure. you're young and you don't remember mm-hmm. it. The thing I hear from people in their early twenties and twenties is like I can't fucking believe this yeah, is what sh- was going
2: on. Yeah, the shit, the shit that was going on is kind of wild. Uh, and yeah, you're 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 bringing up our listening to sh- shit that I feel like a lot. There's a lot of young people that don't realize <laughs> uh, like that guys like fucking man cow and
3: on the uh, radio. <laughs> I mean, the, the fucking- thing about it is on the public fucking radio <laughs> airwaves, you could tune in and hear some of this stuff that like, you would never fucking, I mean, it just is, it, it is like, you know, in the 90s when you were a kid, you would hear about like, I don't know, well, and you still hear about the movie Birth of a Nation and stuff yeah. like that, we are like, how the fuck did that, like, <laughs> what? How did that even be a, was that even a thing? Well, uh, that's how a lot of people are like with shock jocks, like, wait, whoa. You were allowed to like say that back then it's you know always very you know racist and sexist and every is that exists i promise you and and you know we kind of make fun of the guys and and deflate them a little bit and also talk about their cultural impact because i think one thing that maybe people don't know that are younger is like a lot of this stuff a lot of TV and a lot of movies and a lot of the stuff you watch from you know the the 2000s the family guy and shit like that those writers were listening to like Howard Stern and Opie and Anthony like that's yeah. what they were listening to uh, yeah so <laughs> when you wonder where stuff came from that you don't like now south park uh well they were all listening to this radio and everybody in the writers room was listening to this radio and like it, it had like a real impact on society that we are still living in <laughs>
2: yeah that's true it's, it's it's true uh well well uh thanks uh Brian for coming on I appreciate it man um hey, it was, thank you it was good to to talk with you and uh yeah man um as always um I don't really know how to end a podcast so uh this is the end <laughs> all right.
1: Can couldn't so pizza, candy couldn't be so sweet Candy couldn't be so sweet Candy couldn't be so sweet Red bottles under my feet Candy couldn't be so sweet 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 Do the thing, do the thing, do the thing i been there through it so you know I'm okay Do the thing, do the thing, do the thing i been there through it so you know I'm okay do thing, do thing, do the thing. i been there, through it, so you know I'm okay. Do the thing, to the, the thing. i been there, through it, so you know I'm okay. Ah, ah, living the life. Tearing Ah, ah, living the life. Tearing So sweet, red bottles under my feet, candy couldn't be so sweet, candy couldn't be so sweet, Can so candy, so candy, so candy, so candy couldn't be so sweet, candy couldn't be so sweet Ah, ah, living the love, Genocide.